Shake hands with your neighbor there. Give them a good, firm, Holy Ghost handshake. Make sure they're good and awake. They're looking sleepy. We'll slap them on the back and say, it's time for us to have church. Praise God. Well, haven't we been blessed? Haven't we been blessed? Amen. <clears throat> Such tremendous, tremendous preaching of the Word of God, service after service. Uh, I tell you, it's just been, just been rich. And I've had to thank God for the privilege to be here. And then I looked around and saw folks from my home church and thanked God that they were able to hear such tremendous preaching of the Word of God. That's what ARC is all about. Amen? Praise God. I'll let you stand a couple minutes. I want to say thank you to Brother Howard, uh, a great friend of mine, a longtime friend of mine, and also these men that have put this conference together. I love every one of them. I love what they stand for, what they preach. I love what their churches stand for and live in the state of Oklahoma. We need a lot of apostolics, old-fashioned, genuine, true blue apostolics. This generation needs them. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Uh, thank you to all of the wonderful, sweet, kind Oklahoma City saints for being here today. I've got good number of some of the sweetest people in all the world right out here. And I love them and I appreciate them. Glad that they're here today. I brought my amen corner with me. Praise God. Ain't nothing like, uh, there ain't nothing like preaching at home to a pastor. And so when you have to go out and you can, well the best thing to do is just bring home with you. That's where you'll feel at home. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Give honor to all of our ministers. And uh, I just think God wants to talk to us today. I want you to open your hearts when we open our Bibles. I want you to get the heartbeat of this message today. I don't want to be misunderstood. I just want it to, I just want it to sink in. Uh, I recently told our church about Sister Terry, she was a Sunday school teacher. She went into her Sunday school class one morning and the first thing she said, I want all of you to draw your favorite Bible story. So the kids got the colors out and it took them a few minutes and they drew their, their favorite Bible stories and she collected them. She was going through them and commenting on them and she come to one that just a little bit of a problem with and so she called the little girl up and she said explain this to me what it was it was an airplane it was in the air and it was flying over the land and she said would you tell me what is this she said well, teacher that is the flight to Egypt oh okay she said there's Joseph there's Mary and there's baby Jesus, but who is this one? She said, why, that's Pontius the pilot. So uh, 
hear me out today, okay? Praise God. I want you to get the story right. Praise God. The book of Mark, the 8th chapter. The book of Mark, the 8th chapter. When you find it, say praise the Lord. The book of Mark, the 8th chapter, <clears throat> verse 22. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, he put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. He looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. And he was restored and saw every man clearly clearly. I want to I want to preach for just the next few moments. <clears throat> he got back what he lost. He got back what he lost. Behind me there is a a banner. And there's a word that catches my attention there and it is the word restoration apostolic restoration conference restoration is a very very beautiful thing it's not always pleasant but the finished product is always beautiful to restore to restore it means to give back again to bring back to the first state or condition to recover. That's what restore means. Genesis 20 and 14, Abimelech, the king of Gerar, he looked upon Sarah, Abraham's wife, and <clears throat> sent a servant and brought her unto him with intentions of taking her to himself and then God stepped in and gave him some instructions in Genesis 20 and 7 and he said restore the man his wife so Abraham got back what he lost are you with me he got back what he lost of course Joel the second chapter is one of the very familiar uh, places in scripture that talks about restoration when God said I will restore I will restore now in restoration sometimes we think only in terms of power gifts of the spirit miracles signs and wonders and that certainly is a part of it 
but sometimes I think that we overlook some of the most important things connected with restoration, such as integrity, honesty, unity, a love for the brotherhood. Amen? And uh, so I feel like God has just dropped a little nugget in my heart, and I want to talk to you about it today. He got back what he lost. God bless you. You can be seated. <clears throat> Let me ask you, the very beginning of this message, how many of you in this auditorium can remember the night, the service, the revival, that you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in. If you've got it, you remember it. And if you can't remember it, you need another trip to the altar today. Because when Jesus Christ moves into a heart and into a life, there is not anybody going to have to tell you what just happened. You will know there's going to be something awesome something tremendous transpire and take place in your heart and your life paul said it therefore if any man be in christ he's a new creature all things are passed away and behold all things are become new there's some stuff that dies and there's some new stuff that comes alive with holy ghost salvation i'm glad i've got the holy ghost I'm glad I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I will never forget it. I can remember it just like it was yesterday. Hallelujah. The love, the love that flooded my soul, the love that a person receives for everyone about them, the anticipation of church services again oh yes the burden for the lost when you wipe the tears out of your eyes and walk away from that altar of holy ghost experience you've got a burden for those that you know that are lost something transpires and happens in your heart and in your life that will change you forever when you come up from that beautiful experience, you loved the man of God. You respected the pastor, the evangelist that was preaching or teaching in that particular service. You turned around and looked, and the whole church looked absolutely beautiful. Everybody in the church was your friend. You just felt a connection with everybody from the front bench all the way to the back bench. There was just something there. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will make a difference in your life. It's more than shaking a preacher's hand. It's more than signing a card. It's more than just making some little confession with your right hand in the air. It's something that will change your life your lifestyle oh i'm glad for the baptism of the holy ghost praise god 
the preacher couldn't call too many services. The preacher couldn't call too many prayer meetings. Man, you was excited. You was thrilled. Oh, I get to go to church again. I get to worship again. I get to sing again. I get to pray some more. Hallelujah. Whew. Uh, I guess you can tell I'm just sold on this Holy Ghost experience. I don't ever want it to grow old. I don't ever want it to come become common to me. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. I was, I was eight years old when I received the Holy Ghost. Texas City, Texas. My father was pastoring there. Eight years old. Brother Junior Weeks was preaching a revival. I sat on the front bench because that's the only place my daddy would let me sit. And that, all, that evangelist got a hold of me that night. I hit that altar, and as an eight-year-old boy, I got the Holy Ghost. And when I got it, I talked in tongues. The evangelist didn't have a hold of my chin. There wasn't somebody trying to tell me what to say in my ear. The Holy Ghost came, and God, God, give the utterance. God spoke out of that little vessel. I went, to, I went to school the next day, and it was recess time. I can remember it. And, and the teacher divided the class up, and, and they, they had a long rope with a knot on each end, and she divided the class up, and we were going to play tug-of-war. She drew a line out there, and each team would pull against the other, you know? And, and I got in there, and I got to pulling, and I got to looking, and we was winning and beating the other side. And it bothered me. I got to crying. I turned loose the rope and walked away. And I told the teacher, I said, I don't want to play that. She said, what's wrong with you? It's just a game. I said, I don't like being against somebody. She said, what, 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 what's going on, Rodney? I said, teacher, I got the Holy Ghost last night. She said, you got the what? I said, I got the Holy Ghost at church last night. <laughs> and when you get the Holy Ghost, it'll put a love in your heart for everybody. You're not going to want to be against anybody. I'm talking about in the kingdom of God now, in the church family. <clears throat> now, my question to you before I get into this message is, we talked about when we received it. What happened when we received it? Now, my question to you is, do you still have it? Now, come on. We're going to have a moment of honesty here. What happens in your spirit? Not on your face. Now, what happens when the pastor says we're going to have a week of prayer around the church from seven to nine really now before you start clapping what really happens i want to know do you still have it i want to ask you a question have you lost something along the way is there something missing 
do you still love everybody or could you call me over in the corner and say that's big fat hypocrite you ought to know her like I know her man if you knew what I knew that ain't how you come out of the altar when you come out of the altar everybody was an angel everybody was beautiful you wasn't on the telephone trying to find out all the garbage and the trash about everybody you wasn't on the gossip line oh no when that preacher went to the pulpit he could not preach it too hard and neither could he preach it too straight but let me tell you something I'm just going to be real honest with you today. I think that some of us maybe perhaps have lost some things that we once used to have. Lost some things that we once used to have. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be tremendous? If everything in the house today, starting from the pulpit, right here, God, all the way through to the back wall, if every one of us could get back everything that we lost, that love, that attitude, that zeal, that determination, that burden, that worship, wouldn't it be awesome? Come on, Pastor, what kind of church services would we have this weekend? If everybody in the house could get everything that they've lost. Oh, my, 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 my. I think it can happen in the next 30 minutes. I think it can happen in the next few moments. I really do. I really do. I believe that with all of my heart. I think if we will reach, I think God has made himself available in this place today. I think God can do something supernatural for some folks today that along the way you've lost a few things and you need to find your way back there and pick it back up again and say, you ain't stealing it from me no more. You ain't taking this from me no more. I'll hold on to it till the day I die. Oh, God help us. <coughs> Hallelujah. Well, let me, let, me, let, me, let me look at him. It's an old story. It's, it's, it's an old story. Uh, no deep waters today. <laughs> it's just an old story. You've probably heard your pastor or your evangelist preach on a multitude of times. But let me use it one more time. He's just an old blind man. The Bible doesn't even give him a name. Just an old blind man. All I know about him is that he was blind. He couldn't see. His problem wouldn't let him get to Jesus without some help. Now let me pause here just a minute and put a plug in for evangelism because I've got to tell you that I feel like that that is where and that is a picture depicting the generation that you and I are living in. They have been raped and they have been robbed by the old man Lucifer and the powers of hell. And for the most part, the world that we live in is absolutely blind. They're staggering in a world of darkness. 
They're looking for something, but they don't know how to find it. They're reaching and feeling for something, but they don't know where to put their hand. And that's where the church, that's where the church comes in. We've got to be there for them. We've got to reach up and take the hand of the blind, and we've got to say, come this way. I'll take you to where you can get some help. I'll take you to where there's deliverance. I'll take you to the house of joy. I'll take you to the house of bread. I'll take you to the house of healing. I'll take you to the house Oh God. We've got to understand that our job, come tell your neighbor, you got a job. Our job is to reach out and to help people find Jesus Christ in this hour I know this he's the answer I said I know this he's the answer thank God for talent thank God for choir thank God for special singing thank God for Sunday school programs but I'm gonna tell you Jesus is the answer you don't bring him oh God you don't bring him to a personality you don't bring him to a beautiful building you don't bring him to a, a glorious choir but you when you bring a man or a woman to Jesus they can find the help that they need God get a hold of our hearts and help us to understand our purpose in this last hour we need to bring a generation that's blind back to Jesus hallelujah praise God now let's watch him Let's go back to the story. Remember now, Jesus. Anytime you see him do something, you've got to know that there's a lesson to be learned. How he does things, why he does things. I know as well as you know that Jesus could have just simply spoke the word. He could have. And this man would have been healed instantly. On other occasions, he spoke and it happened. And he could have done it here, but he didn't. So there's got to be a lesson in restoration learned. This man had lost something that he once had. John, the ninth chapter, talked about Jesus uh, coming by and healing a man that was born blind. Didn't say that about this man. Uh, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. I don't know if, if something happened on the job that caused him to lose his eyesight. I don't know if he got crazy riding his donkey one day and tried to take a shortcut and run under some bushes and, and, and you know, lost his eyesight. I don't know if it was a disease. Your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. But I believe that, that he lost something that he once had because... When he began to be restored, number one, he could see men as trees. And so I just, I just, have, to, I just have to understand that, that this man lost something that he once had. Verse 23, and he took the blind man by the hand. He took him by the hand. He took, now we're talking about restoration. I talked to you in the very beginning of this message about your first love, your, your first lifestyle, what, what all you enjoyed and what all you had. The first thing that when they brought him to Jesus, the first thing that Jesus done was that, they, that, that he took him by the hand. 
I can't read. I can't find in there where it, where it says that he, he, he pulled back. I can't find where he, he pulled the other way. I can't find where there, was, where, where there was any resistance. I can't find whether there was any fighting the issue of the moment. He just, he just took him by the hand, and there seemed to be something click in Jesus Christ. When he took the man by the hand, he felt a willingness a willingness a willingness yeah I, I, you want my hand uh, there it is did you ever did you ever get a hold of a child and and to and start to take them somewhere and and they didn't want to go and what they do they pull that hand back jesus he did he didn't feel that he didn't feel any in a rejection any fighting any pulling back he, he felt a willingness and the reason he felt a willingness was because the man was tired of living without what he once enjoyed. God, I hope I'm preaching to some folks today that you're tired of living without what you once enjoyed in your experience with God. You're just weary. You're just tired. You're wanting it back more than you're wanting anything in the world. And when Jesus walks in this auditorium and touches you by the hand, I pray to God that he feels a willingness. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want back what I once had. Take my hand. Hallelujah. Oh, he wanted it more than anything else in the world. I want to see I want to be like I used to be. He was ready. And Jesus must feel that in us today. If we're able, if we want to get back what we lost. That's what he wants today. Could I tell you? That's what I know. You look awesome. You look beautiful. But I'm telling you, behind some of those pretty smiles and that hand clapping really you ain't got it like you used to have it huh you just it, it, it ain't it, it's not there like it used to be that burden for the lost how long has it been since you used the car that God blessed you with to pick up somebody and bring them to church for Jesus time how long has it been since you called your own prayer meeting you just gathered the family up and said you know I think we're gonna go by the church and pray a while today things that you used to do things that you used to have things that you used to possess suddenly they're not there anymore so Jesus just took him by the hand that's what I like about Jesus he didn't take him by the hand and say, okay, stupid, come follow me. If you wouldn't have been horsing around on a job, you wouldn't have lost what you lost. If you wouldn't have been acting so crazy on your donkey, you wouldn't have run under that branch. No, Jesus knew the problem, and he knew what he lost, and he just took him by the hand, took him like he was, and said, come on. Willie, 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 Willie. And the Bible said in verse 23, he took him by the hand and led him out of the town. I know this is, I know this is, I know this is basic. But I'm going to tell you what, this is what God told me to preach today. I ain't nothing but the mailman. 
Amen. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give it to you just like he gave it to me. He just took the man by the hand, and the Bible said he led him out of town. Now here's a man that has put his hand in the man of a man that he has never seen. He's only heard about him, and he's following him out of. Somebody say out of. Say it again. I'm going to tell you something. For restoration to come to you, for you to get back, child of God, Oh, preacher friend of mine, for you to get back that anointing, for you to get back that burden, for you to get back that love for travail, for you to get back what you've lost. I'm going to tell you something. You may have to be willing, not only may, you will have to be willing not only for God to take you by the hand, but he's got, you've got to be willing for him to lead you out of, out of some stuff. It just may be that you're identifying yourself with some folks that's causing you to lose what you have lost. You can't, oh, help me, God. I'm going to tell you something. You can't have a heart filled with hate for somebody and walk with love. You can't have a spirit of unforgiveness holding a grudge against anybody and walk and enjoy the presence of the forgiver. Something's got to happen. Sometimes God's got to take us out of and away from some stuff, some people, some things, some places before he can ever give us back what he wants us to have. I know we preach that to the sinner. You gotta come out of the honky tonk. You gotta get away from that television. You gotta walk away from those cigarettes. You gotta walk away from that wicked lifestyle. But I'm gonna tell you what, it's not just a message for the sinner, it's a message for the believer. Sometimes we find ourselves in some places, in some things, in some situations that God couldn't give us back what we lost if he wanted to because we'd lose it again. Come out! Come on! Hallelujah. You can't run with carnality and be spiritual. If who you sit by in church is a preacher hater, you need to change pews. If who you eat lunch with Sunday afternoon, if all they do is want to run everything down in the church and how everything is run, I'm suggesting that you let God take you by the hand and there's just some people you need to give them a good letting alone. Just walk away from them. Not being ugly, but just be nice how you do it. But I ain't got time for that. Ah, I'm on a mission. I want restoration. I want what God has for me. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. And so he led him out of town, away from the crowd, into a place conducive for receiving. I'm going to tell you what I think. I feel like ark is a place conducive for receiving restoration. I love this place. I've come ever, ever since it started over in the church. We've been here. I turn out service and tell Oklahoma City we're going to Tulsa. Why? It's ARC convention time. 
I like what's preached from this pulpit. I like the singing. I like the worship. I like the men of God that come around here. This is where it's at. Thank God that there are places in this hour that are still conducive for receiving something from God. It's not a platform to display talent. It's a platform with a pulpit that's unfettered, and the man says, just preach what God gives to you. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want my people to hear. I want them to hear what thus saith the Lord. Oh, God. He took him by the hand. Somebody say he took him by the hand. Number two, he led him out of town. Say he led him out of town. And then he got him in a place conducive to receiving. And he got his undivided attention. Undivided attention. You know, that's pretty hard for God to do today. I leave town with a pager hanging on my belt and a cell phone in my pocket. And I've been in prayer meetings at the church when both of them went off at the same time. Hang on just a minute, God. I'll be right back. Sometimes, I'm talking about restoration now. I'm talking about getting back what you lost. Sometimes we just got to turn off everything. We just got to unplug everything. Push the off button on the computer. Turn the cell phone off, turn the, turn the pager off, and tell them, I don't want no calls today. Leave me alone. I've got a mission. I've got, a, I've got to give God my undivided attention. Yes, yes. And he took him. He took the blind man by the hand. He led him out of town, and when he had spit on his eyes, he put his hands upon him, and he asked him if he saw aught. He looked up and he said, I see man's trees walking. After that, he put his hands upon him again, put his hands upon his eyes, and made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. Verse 23, and when he had spit in his eyes. <laughs> I think right there is where restoration was settled. I think right there is where God said, Shh, give it to him. At that instant, <clears throat> at that split second, <clears throat> I'm telling you, there's a lot of things that could have happened. I just wonder what would happen in this auditorium today if everyone's neighbor just turned and looked, or turned around and looked, and went, <coughs> yeah, there would probably be some shouting, what's the deal? 
What's going on? What was that all about? What's that for? Even in a convention of believers, I still have to think there would probably be a black eye or two and a bloody lip. <laughs> you know, the old blind man had given his hand, and he led him out and got with him. He could have said, you know, sir, I've never seen you, and I don't know you all that well. Uh, I gave you my hand. I've been following you now. I tell you, I left where I was to be with you, to walk with you. Uh, if it's all right with you, sir, I think I'll just check out here. I think I'll just leave it with you, sir. This is not what I had in mind for restoration. I didn't know this was part of it. I didn't know this was part of the deal. Now, you, you, you hear me. You hear me well today. We don't always understand the pathway to restoration. The way out of darkness into light. The road that leads to getting back what we have lost. God said, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. But this old blind man totally resigned himself to the fact. Get the picture. Stay with me. Stay on the same page with me. He's got him by the hand. He's let him out. The hustle and the bustle is gone. It's just him and God. And he's standing there. And said, you know what I need. You know what's best for me. I tell you, I want to get back what I lost so bad that I'm going to stand here and take it. I'm not even going to ask you why, Lord? He humbled himself before God. I'm just, I'm going to tell you what God told me. This is not from me. Please don't understand. I'm not trying to be some smart aleck standing behind this pulpit today. But in prayer, in preparation, and, and, and reaching for God for this convention, I feel like God told me there's not really a whole lot of people willing to be clothed with the cloak of humility in this generation. Too many of us are like Simon Peter in the garden when somebody comes up and crosses, you know, what we think ought to be going on, we're quick to draw a sword. We got fire in our eyes. We're like the sons of thunder. Bless God, I call fire down out of heaven on you. Jesus said, hey, Peter, put up the sword. If you live by a sword, you'll die by a sword. 
we can write somebody off at the drop of a hat. We can ignore them, abuse them, treat them unkindly, talk about them when they're not there to defend themselves. Mm. I'll take it. Deuteronomy 8 and 2, Moses reminded Israel, he said, God led thee in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart. I'm going to tell you, I'm fully persuaded today that some things come my way just to show me what I really am. There's some people come into my path, into my life. There's some circumstances that happen in my home, in my family, in my church, in my life that God has allowed to come just to help me to understand what I really am. Over and over, Israel, after all they had seen, after all they had experienced, they would come to one place and all of a sudden go to bellyache and griping and grumbling and complaining. God said, well, I'm going to take you over here. And here we go. Sometimes you never know what's really in you until you've got some spit on your face. Yeah. Sometimes you never really know what kind of person you are until. Yeah. Second Kings chapter 5. Naaman, the captain, the victorious one, won battles, won victories. Well, you know the story. You've heard it. It's nothing new. You heard about a prophet. He came to the king. The king, who am I? prophet said send him to me he's gonna know there's a prophet in the land Naaman came and stood mr. important you know I don't know man I, he was somebody come you know he was mr. important and he come to the preacher yeah with all of his talents and his abilities and surely he's gonna recognize who I am and what all I can do and and the old man of God didn't even get out of his rocking chair. He just said, you go tell him I said to go to Jordan. Read the story. He got mad. I'm telling you, he got mad. He got upset because of what the man of God told him to do. He, he told him, uh, he thought he ought to send him to Abana. and to Far Far. There's some beautiful places over there. I'd really like to go over there. And the Bible says that he left, and when he left, he left in a rage. He got mad. He crawled up on that chariot, and I mean, boom, he was gone. And somewhere down the journey, somewhere down the road, somebody said, uh, if, he'd, uh, if he would have come and rolled out the red carpet. We're so honored to have Naaman in our congregation today. Very talented man. Our church is so wonderfully blessed and honored to have someone with such in it. Would you? And all of a sudden, on his journey, 
with the possibility of losing a chance of restoration. He said, whoa. He pulled those reins and he turned back. Something happened. He walked down to that old muddy Jordan. He walked right down in that water and he began to dip. I don't know if he got that or not. <laughs> Seven times. And the Bible said that when he come up the seventh time, his flesh, his flesh was like that of a child. A child. The flesh of a child. The flesh of a child. Are you following me? Are you on the same page with me today? He almost lost restoration. He almost lost it because he had a bad attitude. He almost lost it because he didn't like what the man of God told him to do. He almost lost it because when the prophet said to do this, he thought he ought to be able to do that. Am I preaching to some people today that you got something in your crawl? You thought the preacher ought to told you to do this. Be my assistant. Be over this. Be over that. But he told you, go clean the toilets. Mow the yard for me this summer. What he told you, you don't like it because you think I've got more ability than that. He just don't recognize who I am. You're about to lose your restoration, sir. You're about to lose your restoration, ma'am. You're about to lose your chance for a miracle. Come on. Oh, God. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what he done. Oh, Jesus. Bible says that his flesh becomes a little child, a little child, a little child. That's what I was talking about in the beginning of this message today, when your flesh was like a little child. Nobody could offend you when you first got the Holy Ghost. You had the flesh of a child. You loved everybody. Your flesh wasn't in the way. Your flesh didn't pop. You loved everybody. You loved the preacher. You, would you like to go home today with your flesh as a little child? Like it was when you first come out of the water? Like it? Oh, God. I'm telling you, it can happen today. It can happen in this auditorium today if you'll just take the spit. Don't get something in your spirit against Come on, restoration is available today if we will just let God work the work. <clears throat> let him take you by the hand. Let him lead you out. Let him get you in a place, a position to receive. And then whatever he gives you, take it. Take it. Don't question him. Take it. <clears throat> oh, God. Some of you are sitting in this conference today and you feel like you sit there and your pastor has spit in your face. <clears throat> oh yeah. You got it hid, but you're there. <laughs> oh yeah. You're hid amongst the crowd. <clears throat> Feelings are hurt. You see him coming down the aisle, you turn and go the other way so you won't have to have an encounter. Come somebody down the aisle that you know has been talking about you. There's always a few around the church that catch it and tell it. 
You ain't going to believe what so-and-so told me about you today. They've been gossiping on you. They've been talking. They've been lying on you, and you know it. And here they come down the aisle, and the Holy Ghost says, reach out and give them a big hug. Tell them you love them. You feel like doing everything but that. You feel, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What you going to do? They don't deserve a hug from me. They don't deserve any love from me. Oh, really? So you tell me you deserve the unconditional love that God gives you when you spit in his face with your sins, with your lukewarmness, your carelessness, your unconcernedness? <laughs> and yet when God sees you coming in, he does his best before the service is over to put his arms around you again, to love you one more time. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let me bring it to a close. The Syrophoenician woman had a daughter grievously vexed with the devil. She heard about Jesus, the tender one, the compassionate one, the need-meeting, miracle-working So she pushes that little daughter into a room and puts the padlock on the door and locks it. And she's frothing at the mouth and she's screaming. She's head against the wall. And she goes to the Savior, the healer. And when she gets to him, the story says she cried out. And the Bible says he answered her not a word. <clears throat> and then the disciples misunderstood her being in the crowd and said, what's she doing here? Send her away. You know, like some folks today when we go to Skid Row every Sunday morning and pick up all of the bums and then we go to the prison systems in the afternoon and bring them all, and they got inmates stamped on the back of their, their clothes, and they've got, their, they got, some of them's got shackles on them, and some holy, wonderful, gloriously saint that's been in the way for 50 years says, send them away. What are they doing here? Stinks on that side of the church. I think I'll go over here and sit on this side. Yeah, that, that, that comes from the disciples. Send her away. I'm going to tell you what, this is not a day to send anybody away. This is not an hour to send anybody away from the house of power. This is where it's at. <coughs> and so... Jesus said, ma'am, I'm not even come for your kind. <clears throat> she kept on. She had a baby at home. The devil had got in there. And finally he said, it's not meat 
for me to give the kids stuff to dogs. <laughs> and finally, she said, True, Lord, but the puppies, the dogs, get the crumbs from the master's table. All of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, a mama broke through. All of a sudden, what the devil had done was undone in a split second because she was willing to take the spit. <laughs> oh, God, what could happen today? What could happen today if we'd be willing to take it? So she walks away. You can be seated. She walks away. And she's all the way home. But when she walks in the house, opens that purse and pulls that key out and takes that padlock off and unlocks the door and for the first time in weeks and months her daughter's smiling her hair she's brushing her hair she says hi mama hi mommy i love you <clears throat> you know why she got it you know why there was restoration because she was willing <clears throat> to take the spit I don't, I don't know what it's going to take for my baby to get right. I don't know what it's going to take for my flesh to get right. But I'm telling you, I'm in art conference today, and I'm saying, God, whatever it takes, do it to me. If it takes spit in my face, spit. If it takes some preacher calling me out and telling me to crawl to the altar, I'll do it in front of everybody. I just want restoration. I didn't come here to critique sermons. I didn't come here to collect tapes. I didn't, I come here with a hunger in my heart. God, help me to be restored, to get back what I've lost. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's not always easy to take, is it? See, I'm preaching to some, some preachers and some saints. You've done your very best. Your intentions were pure. You were right. You give it all you had. But you come to the conference today behind that suit. Really? You feel like you're wearing somebody's just tell you whatever you do leave your sword hanging on your side whatever you do don't be a Moses and take things in your hand because it'll set you back 40 long years humble yourself before God and just tell him, God, 
It's just what I need. I'll take it. I receive it. The road that leads to restoration is filled with side roads and exits. There's always opportunities. There's always places that you can put it in your hand. Take whatever he gives you. Trust him. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly. Though the Lord be high, yet he have respect, he hath respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Lord, I wish what could happen today. I wish he could take us by the hand and I could leave here and you could leave here like the old blind man. Don't even know his name, but he, he didn't need a guide to get home because number one, he got back what he lost. That anointing, the flow, the gifts, the burden, the vision. If you could take the spit, you can get the touch today. Praise God. Thank you. Let's sing this chorus, and I give this platform back. Praise God.